0: All right, hello, and welcome to this episode of Irreligiosophy, the one true podcast. All other podcasts are uh, speaking out of Balaam's ass.
1: (laughs) And that poor Balaam, he has a lot of things coming out of his ass at this moment.
0: I'm Chuck, and this uh, other dude here is Leighton. We're um, actually out of respect for Mormons. We're not going to do the temple ceremony. Um...
1: Or it could be that Charlie mistakenly did not check to find out when the release date was for the Big Love episode.
0: Yeah, just kidding. We couldn't. <laughs> we didn't have access to the. It's not on yeah. iTunes, it's not on DVD, so, you know, what can you do?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, um, uh, what we could do is a little research before you suggest something like this. I mean, this is as bad as you getting the country wrong.
0: You um, forget how lazy I am.
1: that's true Uh, but then again we both suffer from that same laziness so
0: Uh, before we get to the story of job uh we're going to uh go over uh, an interesting email that we received this is from uh, a guy named john it says i pray you don't mix like that again just listen to yesterday's ann where one of you was in one ear the other was in the other stop that it might sound okay on speakers but with earbuds on an ipod is horrible When mixed mono, or the usual way, the sound is rich and seems to be inside my head, where it is easy to understand and think about. When split between ears, the sound is like a fly outside one ear, hard to understand and hard to listen to. It is not the way sound occurs in nature, even if one of you was on one side and the other on the other.
1: Well, I'm sorry uh, to disappoint you, but this is the way we've decided to do it from now on. So you're just going to have to accept that we are uh, fly buzzing in either one of your ear. I kind of like that description.
0: Yeah, um, thanks for your feedback. I think that uh, we will be doing this um, from now on. Uh, and, and in addition to that, we'll probably halfway through the f- podcast switch ears so that uh, one ear that has latent in it that's grating the whole time um, <laughs> uh, will you know, we'll switch over and, and hurt the other ear.
1: Now, unfortunately, we have to blame the Salt City skeptics for us doing this because since they told how grating I was, now we have to do that so people don't get tired of uh, of the podcast. Yeah, those
0: of you who've listened to the podcast from uh, early on know that um, certainly uh, I I'm, I do the audio, and I'm certainly not an audio engineer. I've been experimenting back and forth with all this different stuff. I think we're 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 getting close to um, it actually being okay. Um, what happened on that last episode is that I uh, typically uh, – I'll keep it split between two tracks, and one of the tracks uh, uh, I can edit latent stupid stuff out. You can't do that yeah. when it's all squished down to mono. And then the very last is I I squish it down to mono and then bring it back to stereo. I just forgot
1: to do that this time. Yeah. See, unfortunately, Charlie likes to take out some of my misogynistic, homophobic, and hate-filled comments, but every once in a while, I squeeze one past that he misses. So,
0: <laughs> I would like to point out, he says it's not the way sound occurs in nature. I can't think of anything more unnatural than taking a small um, computerized iPod, right, that you've downloaded digital <laughs> information from the internet, and you're listening to it. <laughs>
1: Hey, I've seen many iPods running free in nature. In fact, I've seen entire wildlands dedicated to iPods. Yeah,
0: I, I keep an iPod tree in my backyard. <laughs> All right, you want to go over the uh, reviews? We we got a bunch of them.
1: Yeah, yeah, and in fact, uh, you guys are starting to get to the point where we have to pick and choose uh, for reviews. But uh, diving right in, uh, the last one that we didn't cover is actually entitled Mahana, You Ugly. Now, a little backstory on this is there's a famous movie in the Mormon culture about this woman in Hawaii who is so ugly that her father couldn't even sell her for one cow. And so everybody constantly walked around screaming, Mahana, You Ugly! And uh, finally, a man, that was, Johnny
0: Lingo. That was actually her father that said that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I uh, I watched it as a kid, laughed at it, and uh, unfortunately, I think this was the wrong uh, idea for Mormon children, because from then on, if someone had a special spirit, we would just run around calling them Mahana, you ugly. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs>
0: Uh Johnny Lingo was actually a very shrewd businessman in Hawaii and he um picked out this girl who he'd liked you know since since they were very young and instead of paying her the half a cow that her father wanted he actually paid seven cows for her and because he paid seven cows uh she um t- turned into she had all this self-worth suddenly and turned into the most beautiful girl in the village. Um, so that was, you know, that was Johnny Lingo was seen as being very wise. That also teaches you, uh, women out there, that your self-worth is completely dependent not only on men, how men view you, but how many cows they are willing to pay for you.
1: Yes, yes, very true. And uh, I'm sorry, but I have yet to pay more than half a cow for a woman.
0: Yeah, well, that's the recession driving the prostitution prices down. <laughs>
1: well, moving on. <laughs> well hence the prayers we did last time
0: (laughs) yeah uh brad the astronomer um it gives us a five-star review entitled trivia which actor from the waltons was a scientologist during the series and is still one today um after an exhaustive uh 15 second google search i found out that it is um judy norton taylor
1: well, truth be told, I don't even know what the Waltons is, and I didn't even bother to research anything. John Boy? You, no you idea. never
0: <laughs> My God, you really don't watch TV.
1: No, I really
0: don't. <laughs> <laughs> Brad the astronomer, we might have on as a guest, right? Is that right? He sent us an email yes. too. Fantastic. Yes.
1: Fantastic. It... In fact, this is going to be kind of a surprise podcast. He sent us an email, had some interesting things to say, so basically I told him that uh, what he should do is put together a topic, send us the topic, and then we would get together and kind of discuss things. So he asked for a couple weeks out, so we may have him on at the end of this month or next month. Uh, but uh, he will be a surprise guest, and I got to admit, my favorite statement in uh, his jargon there is, "Someone has to piss these self-centered Christies off."
0: Yeah, that that might be a logo for us as well, or a motto.
1: <laughs> All right, so this next one uh, I find very entertaining, but mostly just because I like the guy's name, Nigel St. Whitehall. It, it almost makes it sound like we have someone of intelligence listening to us, which uh, is something we are completely lacking in our our listener base at this point.
0: Yeah, that's true. He only gives us a four-star review, and it's probably because he says uh, "irreligiosity" may be the worst title to a podcast yet. <laughs>
1: You know, we've been getting that a lot lately, but what people don't understand is we don't like people to be able to find us, which is why we like to keep our customer base so low. That's right, exactly.
0: Uh, Sydney Cartons gives us four stars, a fun, irreverent look at religion, Mormonism, and history. Their voices are not grading. Um, that's nice. Uh, that That's high, high praise.
1: Although my favorite comment he makes is somewhat misogynistic, and yet he's warning people about the misogyny of the show. He actually states, their humor is sometimes borderline offensive to women. If you get your panties in a twist about that, stay clear. <laughs> 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 very nicely done there, Sydney. I like that. I don't
0: know if that's misogynistic. Men can get their panties in a twist as well.
1: That's That's actually very true, but wouldn't that be homophobic at that point? Uh no. Um that's
0: anti transvestitism.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm just so confused with all this political correctness that I'm just gonna ignore it entirely.
0: Uh this next one's one of my favorite all time reviews. It's by Graham McRae. Um he says it's a great podcast, five stars. Irrelligiosophy is great, the two drongos who put it on are wonderful together. Um and, I, and then he talks about <laughs> how much cash we've made, you know, eleven cents a <laughs> month. Um uh, we've actually I think made nearly eight dollars now. Unbelievable. Yeah. And plus the six bucks from the beers that have been bought. So that's f- almost that's fourteen bucks.
1: Yeah. Now you guys really gotta stop doing this, otherwise Charlie and I will get large heads. We won't even be able to do a anymore because we'll become rich. We'll be too busy spending our money. Yeah, I, I can't imagine what I'm gonna do with two bucks this month.
0: <laughs> he was he's nice to say that he um he went on the website and clicked on the horribly out of step with the site's content advertisement, <laughs> and a bunch of you have been doing that, taking money from these Christian people and putting it in our pockets. Thank you, I love it.
1: Yes, please keep it up. That that entertains us like you would not believe. <laughs> All right, uh, next one actually comes from Skep Dick. That's a great name. I wish I would have yeah. thought of it. <laughs> yeah, maybe that should have been our podcast name. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the skeptics. <laughs>
1: Well, he says that this is a true masterpiece, and that Chuck and Layton have an extremely sarcastic sense of humor, and it's a delight to listen to. And he actually said that my voice sounds very familiar to him, and he couldn't figure it out until... He decided it sounds like Cameron's Abe Froman Sausage King of Chicago voice from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Now, you have just encouraged me to once again watch that show just so I can hear what my voice sounds like to everybody else.
0: (laughs) Uh, J Dub gives us uh, super duper five stars. Wonderfully, informatively, hilariously retarded. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I think the retards out there are going to get a little offended that you are comparing us to them.
0: I love it. He's um, converted three other people into our fold, so that brings our total fan base up to six.
1: Yes, yes. Now, he says that he shouldn't trust our lowball figures. Now, I find it very offensive that you would compliment us by calling us retards in this manner and then say that we're liars, too. That's a little offensive.
0: He's probably just saying we're not
1: smart enough to figure out how many listeners we have. Well, that's true, but I I prefer the offense.
0: Foxy McLovin gives us a five-star review called For the Born-Again Atheist. My favorite part about this one was that he especially enjoyed the intelligent design topics, right? I don't think we've gotten any comments on intelligent design podcasts, and and I know I put a lot of work into that. Leighton just kind of rolled along, but I put a ton of work into those.
1: Yeah, that's because it was boring as hell. Keep
0: (laughs) keep up the good work, guys. You'll have (laughs) ten listeners soon. Does this make me a number eight or nine? I think he's number seven, actually.
1: Yes, yes. After all, uh, we did have J-Dub, who added three people to our list. Right. So. All
0: right, now we'll pause briefly for uh, this commercial interruption. Again, we found another sponsor for our site.
1: Yes, yeah, surprisingly enough, it's not us promoting our own site. Someone actually paid for this advertisement.
0: Uh, I am flabbergasted at that. Uh, let's see what we got.
1: There's a storm gathering.
0: See? The clouds are as dark as the people we wish to avoid.
1: I am afraid of black people.
0: Some who advocate for black people's rights have taken the issue far beyond black people. We're talking Mexicans too. My freedom to oppress will be taken away.
1: I'm a California doctor who must choose between my job and my sign that says, no blacks or dogs allowed. Dogs permitted if on leash.
0: I am part of an Alabama church group punished by the government for continuing to teach Leviticus 25, 44 through 46.
1: I am a Utah parent who would prefer my children not be taught about black people at all, since they've never actually seen one in person. But some who advocate for racial harmony have not been content with the current
0: amount of oppression. Those advocates want to change the way I live.
1: They want me to use fewer racial slurs.
0: I will have no
1: choice. I will have to pay those illegal immigrants living wages. The storm is coming. Watch out! But we have hope. A monochrome coalition of all shades of white Protestants are coming together in a circle
0: of love to protect white supremacy. And guns.
1: for by Southern Baptists, the American Association of Rednecks, the Association to Preserve Confederate Principles, and wages withheld from illegal immigrants. You know, I have to agree with this new advertiser with us. This is a serious issue.
0: Absolutely. Um, it's exactly as pertinent as the current uh, gay marriage Civil rights issue.
1: Well, now that we've gotten over the oppression of uh, blacks and gays, why don't we get back to the oppression of God and His oppression on all of us?
0: Uh, All right. Um, Shall we move right into the subject matter?
1: I believe we should because uh, I am itching to get down to Job.
0: This is Job. Uh, This this is um, probably one of the oldest books in the Bible uh, because Job isn't a Hebrew. He's from the land of Uz. Which um, apparently in Genesis oozes a descendant from Esau, so Job may be an Edomite, or he's certainly living amongst the Edomites.
1: Oh yeah, I, I can uh, guarantee you that Job is one of the earliest books from the Bible, um, but that may be due to the fact that they plagiarized it from both Sumeria and Babylon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they plagiarized Job, uh, the Noah story, uh, all of pretty much um, the, the creation story, right, from the Enuma Elish. Yeah. Um, the flood story from Epic of Gilgamesh. Did these guys write any of their own material?
1: I, I really don't think so because something we haven't discussed yet on Irreligiosophy, but we're getting to, is that they actually plagiarized even the paradise story. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the great thing uh, that I've discovered in my research is that the problem of evil was discussed again and again and again in antiquity. And I just pulled two examples out. And one is a man and his God, which is known as the Sumerian Job. And it predates the written material of the Hebrew Bible by more than a millennium. (laughs) So we're talking a thousand years here. And then we have the other one, which I know I'm just going to screw up the name and people are going to laugh at me, but it's called the Ledlul Bel-Nemequi, which actually means I will praise the Lord of Wisdom, which is the opening words of the text. And this particular story, which is known as the Babylon Job, but it, uh, it predates the, uh, the Bible by about a thousand years as well. It, they've dated this story between 1400 and uh, 1200 BCE.
0: Yeah, the story actually predates written uh, Hebrew by about yeah. 440 years. Anyway, uh, so Job essentially is a theodicy, and for those um, listeners out there who don't know what theodicy is, uh, Leighton will explain it to you. <laughs> no, I won't.
1: <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> you know what? I'm taking all my research that I did about the Sumerian and Babylonian Job, and I'm not even going to talk about it. Uh,
0: <laughs> a theodicy is a response to the problem of evil. Problem of evil being, if God is um, good, He's all powerful, and evil exists, then He's either unwilling to stop it, or He's not powerful enough to stop it. Yeah. Either way, He's not the God of of the Bible, basically. Uh, so, Job is a response to that, um, and it's it's an interesting response. Um, so, uh, in Job one one. Says he's in the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright, he feared God and shunned evil. Then they go and they say, uh, you know, how prosperous he was. He had seven sons, three daughters, he owned seven thousand sheep, three thousand camels, five hundred yoke of oxen, five hundred she asses, and had a large number of servants as well. He was one of the greatest men of all people in the East.
1: Well, the interesting thing is, uh, we actually get a division at this point where the Sumerian Job is concerned because in the Sumerian Job... The Sumerian Job didn't
0: have a harem of 500 she-asses?
1: <laughs> well, uh, I'm I'm sure Job was a man that we should all respect. Well, wasn't into that.
0: prostitution and pimping, was he?
1: Yeah, no, no. And uh, in fact, uh, the Sumerian Job never claimed to be Pious. 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 <laughs> <laughs> He never claimed to be a righteous man. All he claimed was that the gods and goddesses were ultimately in control of his fate. And uh, that just kind of goes completely opposite of what uh, the uh, Babylonian Job, and I love the name of the Babylonian Job, the Shubshi mesre Shakan. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> All right, so, so then um, it says, one day the angels came to present themselves to the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, Whence cometh thou? And Satan said, "Art not thou shitting me? Aren't thou omniscient? <laughs>
1: <laughs> what I love is that Satan is just able to walk in and out of heaven, and God turns around and goes, Holy shit, you surprised me. What are you doing back there?
0: <laughs> I think he's still an angel at this time. But he says, You know, uh, I've been roaming around the earth, walking back and forth. And uh, God says, hey, uh, have you seen Job? He's awesome.
1: <laughs> Check Job out.
0: This is this is great because apparently in the original uh, Hebrew, Satan means something like adversary or accuser. So he's kind of – in this um, story, he's kind of like a prosecuting attorney. So he's going around finding um, wicked people, I guess, to prosecute before the Lord. Um, so he says, does, does Job fear God for nothing? Haven't you blessed and protected him? Right? Uh, stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and, and he will surely curse you to your face.
1: Yeah, I think that's just because Satan was jealous of how many asses Job gets to hit every night.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's seen the she-asses. And so, you know, Satan says this stuff, and what does God say? Yeah, all right, go ahead. Everything yeah. he has is in your hands. Uh, just don't touch his person.
1: Yeah, what a son of a bitch. <laughs>
0: I mean, The guys, geez. Job's done nothing wrong, right? Satan goes, yeah. oh, he only fears you because you've made him prosperous and you're protecting him, right? You've run a hedge around him. Um, but stop protecting him and let me at him, and he'll curse you. And God goes,
1: hey, sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah. Hey, go right ahead. Now, interestingly enough, if you uh, look into the rabbinical Torah, they actually believe that uh, – the uh, children of israel mentioned in the exodus was during Moses' time
0: yeah um they 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 say that three advisors came to pharaoh and job was yeah. one of the three one of them said and pharaoh said what am i going to do about all these children of israel one of them said uh don't attack them don't do anything the other said oh attack the hell out of them and yeah, kill them all kill them yeah. all <laughs> and job just remained silent and that's the reason he was punished here. That was his sin, and he remained silent.
1: Well, actually, I was wrong. It's not the rabbinical Torah, it's the Talmud that that's, that situation is in. But yeah, and that's great that they have to add this to make it seem like Job deserved it. <laughs>
0: right. Because that, it's a complete misunderstanding of the whole point of Job. The whole point of Job is to explain suffering of righteous people, right? Yeah. And yeah. God himself, as we'll get to, says um, to his three friends, you guys are wrong. Uh, when they say, and they all say, that um, he's sinned. Anyway, so so God uh, consents. He authorizes Satan to have all this power over him. And so what happens? Well, a servant comes to Job and he says, The Sabaeans attacked and carried off your oxen and asses. and They killed all the servants except me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then another servant rushes in and he says, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up all the sheep and the servants except me. And then another one runs in, the Chaldeans took all your camels and killed all your servants except me. And then uh, another one runs in, a great wind arose and destroyed your house, killing all your sons and daughters and all the servants inside except me. (laughs) So now apparently he's only got like four servants left.
1: Yeah, Yeah, you know what this reminds me of? Uh, anybody who's seen the life of Brian at the very end when he's up on the cross and everybody starts singing, always look on the bright side (laughs) of life.
0: (laughs) I love it. Uh, So what does Job do?
1: Well, he shaves his head, tears his clothes, and states, naked I came out of my mother's womb and naked I shall return.
0: So apparently he goes up to this like dung heap or ash heap and sits there naked. He just says, you know, Lord giveth, Lord taketh away. May the name of the Lord be praised.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow, this man truly is blameless. Not awesome, but uh, you know, I think at that point we all know in the story that uh, that Satan finally relents and says, you know what? You're right, God. Uh, Job uh, still praises you, so obviously he is one of your greatest. Well,
0: he he might have done that, except that the Lord rubs it in Satan's nose. <laughs> <laughs> Satan comes back to the Lord and, and God goes Hey Job maintains his integrity
1: <laughs>
0: Even though you incited me against him To ruin him without any reason Here we have yeah, God it, sucker. <laughs> Here we have God himself admitting That he's kicking Job's ass For no reason whatsoever <laughs> So Satan gets pissed off And he says Hey skin for skin A man will give all he has for his own life But stretch out your hand And strike his flesh and bones and surely he'll curse, curse you to your face. What does God say here?
1: Sure, sure let's thing. do it.
0: Sure thing. Yeah. Just don't kill him.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, do everything possible to him. Just don't kill him.
0: Yeah, now, now take a minute and think of what God's doing here. Uh, he's he's telling Satan to torture Job and don't kill him. So he's, he's prolonging the torture by withholding the release of death. I think God's yeah. a sadist here.
1: Yeah, yeah, God's just sitting there. This is my favorite subject here. Ooh, let's see what else can happen. I mean, God damn, if I was ever in that situation and God loved me that much, I would pray for death. Kill me. God says no. So
0: well, uh, Satan um, makes a source appear all over Job from the uh, crown of his head to the soles of his feet. And Job uh, just sits down and scrapes himself with a pottery shard. <laughs> Absolutely miserable.
1: Yeah, I, I love that. If I had sores appear all over my body, I know the first thing I would do is sit down in a bunch of ashes and start scraping myself with a pottery shard. That that just makes perfect sense.
0: Uh, I think he's itchy. Uh, maybe this is something they did in old old times. You know, they grab a pottery shard and just scratch themselves with it. Uh, So Job's wife makes an appearance here, the only appearance of her in the entire text, right? (laughs) She shows up and says, curse God and die. (laughs) (laughs) Interestingly enough, the original Hebrew says, bless God and die, but that's a euphemism. Everyone knows that that, uh, she's saying curse him. So what does Job say? He says, shall we accept good from God and not trouble?
1: (laughs) Oh, good God. I I love that. I mean, this is a great, great point of where the story is saying, you know, God is going to give us as much evil as he gives us good, but that's God's nature.
0: Right, right. Um, So uh, Job's three friends show up, Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuite, and Zophar the Naamathite.
1: Now, we all know that they're just making up place names at this point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) they they all kind of they heard of his trouble they agreed to go and they came and sat with him and apparently no one talked for a week they just sat there for 7 days and nights because job's suffering was so great
1: yeah, job is sitting there scratching himself with his pottery shard and they're all just sitting around looking up into the sky for 7 days now i can conti- or i can guarantee you that is complete bullshit
0: <laughs> yeah you just show up sit down for a week <laughs> they're over there playing their uh nintendo ds's <laughs> psps ipod touches
1: i mean they're not even making bets on uh on when job's gonna curse god and die they're not asking for food they're just sitting there silently yeah bullshit
0: yeah they don't say god i'm i'm really sorry job <laughs> sorry you're suffering so much all right yeah. well they they each
1: give a speech um, well, wait, wait, wait! Before they give the speech, it was Job who finally broke the contest. I think this was just basically like a staring contest. It was a silence contest, and finally, Job gives in and says, "I curse the day I was born." Right.
0: Yeah. He curses the day, and he says, "You know, why? Why did God uh, even let me be born if I'm just going to suffer this much? Right? Why did the, yeah. the um, Why did I come out of the womb? Why did the the knees receive me? <laughs> why did he give me breast to suck on?" <laughs> I think he's fast-forwarding to his harem there
1: Yes, yes, his uh, she-asses So
0: now Eliphaz gives a speech And he basically says uh, What they all say is that You must have done something to deserve this, right? This was a thought in ancient times If someone has like leprosy or, or is ill Then God must be punishing them for sin And this is their theodicy This is their response Job responds and he says What have I done? <laughs> Name a sin that I've done You bastard.
1: (laughs) In fact, Job was the type of guy who would go out and constantly offer up burnt offerings to God because he was afraid that his children would offend God. Right. So, I mean, he he was so careful, he was even watching out for what his children might do that would look bad on him.
0: So, Bildad gives a shot. He says, God is good and just. Um, and maybe Job has forgot about God, you know, because he's so successful. He says people who forget about God are like plants that have no water, or weeds that grow in too much water. They die, you know, or the people dig up the weeds. So Job says, uh, "Thanks, Bill, Dad, you dipshit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Didn't we just cover this last time exactly. that I did not forget God, did not sin?
0: Right. If God's good and just, then why is he? Uh, why? Why am I suffering so much? I haven't done anything to deserve it." So Zophar stands up, and he basically says, you cannot understand the things that God does. You know, you don't know how powerful he is. Um, God's power can reach beyond the sky. You can't do that. He knows what happens after death. You don't. So stop sinning, and God will help you. And Job basically says that, look, you guys haven't told me anything new. (laughs) I'm a righteous man. I don't deserve the suffering I'm going through. Then he says, you shouldn't speak on behalf of God. You're saying things on his behalf, but they are not true, right? Yeah, And then, you know, we're up around the time of Job 13.15, which Job says, even if God kills me, I will still believe in him. (laughs) No, you won't. You'll be dead.
1: I I think this is just God's way of throwing out some good PR, saying, hey, you know, guys, uh, check this out. It doesn't matter if I'm smiting you. Check out Job here. This is just God's PR spin.
0: Now he calls God out. In in 13.19, he says, even God cannot show me any wrong that I have done. If he could, then I would be quiet, and then I would die. <laughs> and so he asked two things of God. He says, one, stop making bad things happen to me. <laughs> and two, show me one wrong thing that I have done. In 1324, he asks a question that I think everyone should ask. Why do you hide yourself from me, God?
1: Yeah. now The the interesting thing to me is not only does he ask that question, which is a question we around here at Irreligiosophy have been asking for some time now, but not only does he ask that question, but God shows up to answer. Now, I know that happens to me all the time, but
0: he doesn't show up yet. Now we have what I think is probably an insertion, a later insertion, Um, because uh, Elihu shows up out of nowhere.
1: (laughs) He just shows up. (laughs) That's very true. He had his other friends who showed up, waited around for seven days, and then Elihu just starts talking.
0: Right. He says, I've been quiet because you guys are older, but now I can't keep my peace anymore. Um, he basically says, God is great. God is just. God can't commit evil. Um, God reproves men so they avoid the pit, right? Um, saying yeah. that um, maybe he uh, he uh, punishes them for their sins so that they build character and they avoid sin in the future. Um, this is the first time hell is mentioned, actually, or the pit, Sheol, uh... is mentioned and i think this is a later occurrence but um, well,
1: it it actually makes sense to me i i agree with you it sounds like a later occurrence and uh... in fact it makes me think about just before the renaissance age when uh... man was something to be despised because of his inborn sin and his uh, natural wickedness. And this, this sounds exactly like their way of justifying the evils here.
0: Yeah, Elihu actually mentions a sin. Um, he specifically mentions pride, that, that Job is, is vain and prideful. Um, and, I, and I think probably this is people analyzing the text and coming in later. Um, yeah. There are many reasons to think it's a later insertion. One, it doesn't really fit in the text. Uh, when he mentions the three people, You know, Elihu isn't among them. God doesn't mention Elihu, um, but later His wrath is kindled against the three friends. Job doesn't respond to Elihu; uh, he responds to his three friends. Yep. He also says kind of uh, exactly the opposite of what Job is about, right? Like the other three friends, he says that wicked people are punished and the righteous are rewarded, but yep. they're they're Job sitting there righteous and suffering.
1: Yeah. Well, I think his his whole point, though, was that Job, while righteous, was not perfect. And, uh, yeah, it it, it completely goes against the story. I mean, not only the ancient texts that predate this story, but it goes against the entire idea that bad things happen to good people. Right, exactly. He also introduces the concept of the pit, right,
0: that isn't mentioned before. uh, And I think not later until the New Testament. Um, And this is odd because... An afterlife might provide reason for suffering that right now appears unjust, but later on will be explained, right? Uh, But no one else picks up on that. All right. So uh, right after Elihu finishes his speech, God appears. (laughs) (laughs) Appears in this whirlwind, right?
1: Quite odd that if you cut out Elihu entirely, that uh, God's appearance would fit in with the story just perfectly. Right. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Um, and you know, in my opinion, Elihu, other than introducing the concept of the pit, doesn't really add anything at all, and kind of misunderstands Job. Anyway, God yeah. appears. He tells Job, "Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will <laughs> demand of thee and answer thou me." Right. So, yeah. um, instead of answering any of Job's questions, God says, "Ah, ah,", ah yeah.
1: and he goes well, on
0: to pretty much harangue Job about how stupid he is
1: yeah well, my favorite thing is that God actually tells him to put some clothes on. I think it's because God was jealous of Job's penis personally.
0: Well, do you remember in the masturbation episode where he said, Um in order to avoid masturbation, don't admire yourself in the mirror too much?
1: Yes, yes, I
0: think uh God, uh, since Job was created in his image, is afraid that uh, he'll begin masturbating if
1: Job remains naked. <laughs> I think you may be on to something there.
0: Uh, so uh, he asks a bunch of questions. He says, Hast thou perceived the breadth of the earth? Declare if thou knowest it all. And he goes on to say, By what way is the light parted? And uh, Job answers, The prism! I got that one! It's a prism! I got
1: that! It's a prism! <laughs> that, it wasn't you! You didn't create the rainbows! <laughs> <laughs> he,
0: in 3829, he asked, Out of whose womb came the ice? And I would answer, Ow! Why is this woman shoving ice up in (laughs) her womb? How did the ice get in her womb? (laughs) Oh, Lord. All right. So uh, after he asks about, you know, the ice um, and the hoary frost of heaven, uh, he kind of goes crazy. (laughs) In 31, he says, Canst thou bind the sweet influences of Pleiades or loose the bands of Orion? Canst thou bring forth Maseroth in his season? Or canst thou guide Arcturus with his sons? Uh... What <laughs> the hell are you talking about, God?
1: I think he just flipped his lid. Yeah, well, God's just obviously so pissed off that he's just making nonsense right now.
0: <laughs> he's just ranting now. 39.6, <laughs> he goes on. Who hath sent the, out the wild ass free? Or who hath loosed the bands of the wild ass? Uh, <laughs> again, I don't know what he's talking about.
1: God has always had a preoccupation with asses. I think he's an ass man.
0: Uh, I think he is. 39, 9 through 10. Will the unicorn be willing to serve thee or abide by thy crib? Canst thou bind the unicorn with his band in the furrow or will he harrow the valleys after thee? I think that's a, a trick question.
1: I'm just wondering if you can eat a unicorn.
0: <laughs> that's a
1: different <laughs> subject. <laughs> well, you know, my favorite thing is this is probably where. My dad got the idea that the unicorns are no longer in the world because they were too prideful to get on the ark.
0: Right, um, because of Job, right? Because he's men- the unicorn's mentioned in Job.
1: Yeah, and obviously nothing in the Bible could be wrong. Yeah. In
0: 39, 19 through 25, God just goes on about how great horses are. <laughs> <laughs> he says... Um, hast thou closed the horse's neck with thunder? Canst thou make him afraid as a grasshopper? The glory of his nostrils is terrible. He paweth in the valley and rejoiceth in his strength. He mocketh at fear and is not affrighted. The quiver rattleth against him, the glittering spear and the shield. I mean,
1: and on and on and on and on. I mean... I'm just wondering when Job is going to stand up to God and say, God, what the hell? Could you get to the point already?
0: (laughs) You're boring the shit out of me. In 40 sections, so now, he, like two full chapters, he's haranguing Job with these questions. Shall he that contendeth with the Almighty instruct him? He that reproveth God, let him answer it. And finally, Job speaks. And what does he say? Behold, I am vile. I will lay my hand upon my mouth. <laughs> oh, good God. His balls shrivel yeah. up.
1: Yeah, this this entire time, his buddies are all around him, nudging him, saying, "Hey, you're just unrighteous. You're just unrighteous." God comes down, and now he closes his mouth and says, "Well, obviously, I'm not righteous enough. Uh, good God, shut up."
0: Uh, yeah, he, he he can't answer him, and and um, so then uh, the Lord gets um pissed again. He says, "Gird up thy loins now, like a man. I'll demand of thee and declare thou unto me." Wilt thou disannul my judgment? Wilt thou condemn me that thou mayest be righteous? Hast thou an arm like God? He's like flexing his bicep now. You got (laughs) guns like this,
1: Job, huh? Check out the gun show. Do you have your
0: tickets? (laughs) Canst thou thunder with a voice like God? Deck thyself now with majesty and excellency, and array thyself with glory and beauty. Cast abroad the rage of thy wrath, and behold everyone that is proud and abase him. And on and on and on. Uh, And then he talks about Leviathan, Behold now Behemoth, which I made with thee, he eateth grass as an ox. Lo now, his strength is in his loins, and the force is is in the navel of his belly. His moveth his tail like a cedar, the sinews of his stones are wrapped together. Uh, And I'm sure Job is just thinking here, now you're just making shit up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's my thought too. I mean, what the hell are you talking about? I mean, previously when you were talking about wrapping lightning around a horse's neck, I could accept that. <laughs> but what the hell is this? <laughs>
0: he just makes something up. Job doesn't know any better. You know, he just makes this shit up, and then he says, "Canst thou in 41 canst thou draw Leviathan with a, a hook? Uh, can can you put a hook into his nose, Job?" <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: uh, no, because he's imaginary.
1: <laughs> At first, God, I would like you to make a leviathan appear in front of me, exactly. and I'll try.
0: Give me a, <laughs> give me a leviathan. I'll, I'll give it my best shot. So in, in 42, Job replies basically, Oh, damn. Sorry, Lord.
1: I repent. God damn it. This this is the part that just pisses me off about the whole thing, is God's up there Uh, tossing dice with Job's life and letting Satan uh, deal with the dice. And now he comes down and he forces Job to be the one to repent when Job has done nothing wrong.
0: Right, exactly. And then Job says, Wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. And the Lord apparently, that that calms down the Lord. He was really pissed off before, but now he's calmed down. Um, And he says, he speaks unto Eliphaz, he says, my wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends. Remember, two friends here, not Elihu. Yeah. For ye have not spoken of me the thing that is right, as my servant Job hath. Well, I beg to differ because Zophar basically asked Job the same questions that God did, right? He said, yep. you don't know how powerful he is. His, his power can reach beyond the sky. You can't understand the things that God does. And That's basically what God is saying, right? Yeah. Uh, you, you. Where were you when the universe was formed, right? You're not as powerful as I am. I created this big imaginary beast and, and the unicorn at the same time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all imaginary creatures are mine to control.
0: <laughs> he basically beats Job down with his power, right? It's exactly what Zophar said. So why is Job? Uh, why is God getting after Zophar? Uh, and he says that you know he's so unhappy with them that they're going to have to go make sacrifices. You got to have to make burnt offerings, so of seven bullocks and seven rams. So apparently because of. The three friends' uh, sins and iniquities, 14 animals have to be murdered.
1: <laughs> God is a boosh God well, is Well, that much asshole. was pretty obvious from the very beginning when God's like, yeah, he's my favorite. Oh, you want to torture him? Go ahead.
0: Yeah, so then God's happy now and he gives – everything's okay because God gives Job twice as much as he had before, right? Now Job has 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and his harem is doubled – to 1000 she asses.
1: <laughs> you know, it, it always kind of pisses me off that everybody thinks that the hardship is worth this this extra bit. It, it God is buying off Job's forgiveness. He is buying off the sins of himself allowing Satan to come down here and torture this man.
0: Yeah, it's okay that he lost his seven sons and three daughters. Uh, because he gets seven more sons and three more daughters. And these daughters are really beautiful, so that's all right. Um, I know that you know if my two kids get killed, just having two more will completely replace them. Oh, yeah. And hey, wait a second. Didn't God give Job twice as much as he had before? Is God having a problem here with basic math? (laughs) Job had seven sons before, he has seven sons after. Three daughters before, three
1: daughters after. What the hell, God? Is it double yeah, or is it not? where's his 14 sons? Yeah, where's his six daughters? <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> yeah, couldn't you give him another wife? Because that poor woman has just given birth over and over again.
0: So basically, God's theodicy is, I'm awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you question me. I created you. Now, think a little bit about what's happening here, too. God created Job, and then he uh, rants and raves about how stupid Job is. My response would be, you created me, you fucker. (laughs) If you wanted me to be powerful, you should have created me to be powerful, you asshole. Don't create me and then harangue me about how lacking in power I am and how little and how small I am. Fuck you. You created me. You might as well go go piss on yourself.
1: (laughs) Well, that would be pissing in the wind, and we all know God's not dumb enough to piss in the wind.
0: It's so ridiculous.
1: The funny thing is, is this is obviously a way for them to explain away the problem of evil. Why would God allow this to happen to a righteous person?
0: It is a total non-explanation. This is a non-theodicy. This doesn't explain it at all. He just smacks Job around for even asking the question.
1: Yeah, well, he falls, I mean, the whole story falls flat on its ass at this point. Uh, Not the she-ass, the male-ass. Job's already flat on his
0: ass. Sitting on an ash and dung heap.
1: Uh, well, I'm just wondering why they would mix ash and dung in the first place. I
0: guess <laughs> that's where the, all the uh, sheep and the oxen go to take a shit.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they bury it like cats. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we should move in to uh, the actual Babylonian Job. Now, this story. Wait, I, I,
0: wanted uh, to, I wanted to point out one more thing. And that is in between all this stuff and, you know, God's blessing him again, all of Job's brothers and sisters came in and ate with him. And they bemoaned him and comforted him over all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him, right? These guys are not excusing God. God is responsible for this evil. Satan may have carried it out, but remember, Satan needed God's permission. Yep. He asked him twice. And God uh, allowed this evil, so the the responsibility, even according to the Bible, is squarely on God's shoulders, God um, might as well have caused the suffering himself. It was under his uh, authority that Satan perpetrated it. So um the evil that was brought upon Job was brought upon Job by the Lord. The Lord did it. The Lord himself is responsible for the evil. So it really does require some type of answer. Why do you allow righteous people to suffer? If it isn't for their sins, and it isn't to build character, what is it? Is it that that this this love that Job has for God is this selfless love and, and that righteous suffering is uh, necessary uh, in order to make the possibility of this sort of selfless love. I, I would say that that love that Job gives to God is stupid love. Why would you continue to worship a God that allows boils to occur on your um, soles of your feet all the way from the soles of your feet to the crown of your head? Uh, for no reason whatsoever, just because Satan bets him. What a fucking asshole. What a total bastard. This person is not worthy of worship. This isn't selfless love. This isn't patience that Job's giving. This is absolute stupidity.
1: Oh, I agree. And in fact, it's kind of interesting. I think this is where my dad got his philosophy. I remember growing up, my dad always would tell us that we came to this world to be victims to other people. That we came to this world so other people, as well as ourselves, could find out who we really were. And in order for that to happen, we had to allow some who were more evil than ourselves to victimize us. And that we would be judged... In this case, that someone more evil than ourselves is God. Is God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But, I mean, the entire concept, though, has never sat well with me. Not only Joe, but also with my father, because uh... my entire idea is if someone has been victimizing me i'm gonna fight back but my dad's idea was that if someone is victimizing us we need to learn forgiveness and we need to forgive them and in my opinion that's complete bullshit if someone's gonna take a swing at me i'm gonna fight back with all i'm worth but this is kind of the the same general concept here is that supposedly we are to come down here and be victims to God's will. And we are just supposed to sit there and continually praise him and learn forgiveness for our own obvious sins, for even questioning God.
0: Well, God should have created a bunch of robots then, because uh, he should have just uh, created a bunch of robots and programmed them to uh, sing hymns and ask for forgiveness. If that's what gets God's nuts off, then that's what he should have done. He shouldn't have created human beings uh, with with free will and a brain in their head. Um, And then turn around and write stuff like this shit that says, don't use your brain, don't look for reasons, don't even ask the question, just eat it. (laughs) (laughs) The true reason you're suffering, Job, is because I wanted to win a bet with Satan. That's the reason. Why doesn't God Uh, say that?
1: uh, Take it and just eat it because I am God.
0: Yeah, these weeks and months of, of absolute excruciating torment, well, that's just because I wanted to win a bet. <laughs> Eat it, Job! Fuck you!
1: Yeah, I mean, the entire story falls flat on its face when it's, it's trying to describe the problem of evil. It, it doesn't even close, come close to touching it, because if God is so great, why is he evil?
0: Uh, right. If he is – clearly the story of Job tells us that God is not uh, omnibenevolent. He is not all good. Uh, He is capable of evil. He's capable of capricious evil and uh, uh, evil without cause,
1: like the worst kind of evil. This is just on a whim. This is on a whim. Satan comes up, says, hey, go ahead. And God says, yeah, sounds like fun.
0: Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Satan goes, hey, I I bet Job will curse your name. And Job uh, and God says, I'll take that bet. (laughs) Kill all his children. It's okay, cause I'll just give him more kids. That'll make it better. Fuck you, God. Kiss my ass. That's awful. Yeah,
1: yeah. You trying to tell me that the first kids were able to be replaced so easily? Fuck you.
0: Like those kids are up in heaven going, what? <laughs> 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 scratched in on me because you made a bet with Satan. Oh, kiss my ass.
1: Yeah, I didn't get to live out my life, have children of my own because you had a bet you wanted to see through. God, you're a dick.
0: You are a total dick. Oh, Lord. All right. <laughs> Moving on to the Babylonian Job. What do you got? Yeah,
1: well, well, this one, it's very Tell me he yeah. wasn't
0: as stupid as the Gentile Job in the Bible.
1: Well, he wasn't as stupid, but he's still stupid. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, just just a, a little background on this. So some out there may argue that obviously the Bible may not have stolen it from the Babylonian Job because, you know, maybe the Babylonians stole it from them. Well... There's uh, You could actually see the Babylonian Job in the Louvre. It's on uh, room three of the ground floor. It was found in Nineveh, and it's dated to the 7th century BCE. And uh, my favorite thing, it was found in the palace library of Asherba Nippel, king of Assyria. (laughs) I love that guy's name. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) So uh, a lot of people could say, well, you know, this tablet was found and is dated to the 7th century BCE. But as I quoted before, they have actually dated this story to the 14th to the 12th century BCE, so long before the, the Bible actually came to be written down. And not only that, but it was completely widespread. They have found more than 25 tablets and fragments in Ashur, Nineveh, Babylon, Sepur, and Sultan Tepe.
0: Right. Um, and clearly all these fragments derive from this little backwater kingdom of Israel. <laughs> yeah. Even though the Babylonians uh, wiped these guys out, destroyed their temple, hauled off all their intelligent people... The Babylonians, actually, their prime purpose for that was to get at their myths so they could create some of their own. They could steal it from the Hebrews.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, that makes perfect sense to me that this culture that kicked the ass of these other guys would say, you know, we like their beliefs, and obviously their God protected them so well, so we should follow him. (laughs) Right.
0: In (laughs) In ancient times, when you kicked another country's ass, that proved that your God was more powerful and typically... The, the people who got conquered would um, start worshiping these other gods in the hopes that they could you know uh, gain strength from them. But yeah. this is a complete reversal, right? They kicked their ass, uh, and they kicked their god's ass because their god allowed them to go into the temple and <laughs> ransack it and destroy it. So clearly they kicked not only the Hebrews' ass, but their god as well. But then they say, oh, hey, even though we kicked your god's ass, let's uh, incorporate some of this stuff into our theology. Ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Yeah, It's completely ridiculous, and, and I know some people out there, at least the hardcore Bible bashers, which I seriously doubt we have many of those listening to our show, but there are hardcore Bible bashers out there that will either state that the Babylonians and the Assyrians and everybody else who wrote these stories back then uh, obviously stole it from this backwater people, and uh, that they were in some ways uh, convinced by Satan to shift them a little bit. Because in the Babylonian Job, it's actually Marduk. The Babylonian god Marduk is the one that is being praised. And in fact, the text begins and ends with praise to Marduk, calling him the Lord of Wisdom.
0: Excellent. Um, Does Marduk make a bet with one of the evil demons and um, kick this Babylonian Job's ass?
1: No. No, in fact, there's no bet. It's just Marduk doing it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark Duke just kicks the guy's ass himself and and yeah, the guy yeah, pretty the much. guy praises him before and after
1: yeah, I mean the entire story is this guy's being tormented, he doesn't know why because he's been faithful in all of his duties to the gods, yep. and he speculates that perhaps. Uh, what is good to man is evil to the gods, and vice versa. And therefore, later on, he's ultimately delivered from his sufferings. But yeah, Marduk didn't make any bet. He's just kicking this guy's ass for fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I love the Babylonian gods. He's just bored one day, and he decides to go around, find a guy who doesn't deserve it, and just kick his ass. <laughs>
1: Well, the great thing is this thing parallels Job so fully that this man is blaming Marduk for his suffering, but he's sitting there praising him, and he's going around encouraging others to praise Marduk as well, because eventually, eventually, Marduk will hear their complaints and come to their aid. Well, if Marduk is the one that's doing it in the first place, uh, I think he's already hearing you, and he's up there just making fun of you.
0: That's awesome. That is a great story. And I can see where uh, the Hebrews would see this as um, selfless dedication to a god. And they would want to um, incorporate this into their own uh, theology, right? As an example of even though uh, he is getting his ass kicked, he uh, is unwavering in his faith. And and he should be a role model for their children and and people of their tribe.
1: I mean, not only unwavering, but he's going around preaching to everybody else to continue with this unwavering worship of a God that will kick your ass at any moment.
0: (laughs) And and to me, it just seems like sheer stupidity. If a God is kicking your ass, I would try to worship another God so that that God would kick that God's ass. (laughs) And and then bad stuff would stop happening to me. (laughs) You don't keep continue to worship the same God. Why would you worship him? He's kicking your ass. Find somebody else.
1: Uh, see, I have no idea. I mean the
0: Hebrews can't because he's the only God around, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, he's the only God period, but They're forced. this is uh, this is the Babylonians, though they have gods and goddesses, yeah. so w- why not just turn to another one yeah. so i I don't know. I mean, the story just parallels job completely where this man is of great importance, prestige, wealth, and he loses his status, becomes a social outcast among his friends. His prayers are yielding no results. And there's actually four tablets for this explanation of the story. And in Tablet 2, it lists his pains as well as his affirmation that he has been pious to his gods and goddesses, yet they are treating him like someone who hasn't been. They're treating him like shit. And that's what Tablet 2 is all about describing. Did you say pious? I did say pious. (laughs) You mean pious? No, no, I, I completely mean pious when I'm talking about this stuff. You mean peace. I mean peace.
0: (laughs) I suppose that's fitting.
1: Well, I mean, it's much like people who say Beethoven. I always say Beethoven. Excellent, excellent. (laughs) Now, I would like to point out that I really like the the Babylonian and the Assyrian way of writing things. In fact, uh, it's much more eloquent. Let me read you from the Assyrian Job. There is no health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities have gone over my head. They weigh like a burden too heavy for me. So that's the Assyrian. And then you get the Babylonians. Now these guys were eloquent beyond eloquent. From writhing my joints were separated. My limbs were splayed and thrust apart. I spent the night in my dung like an ox. I wallowed in my excrement like a sheep. That is far more interesting than your Bible.
0: And uh, Job does the same thing, doesn't he? Wallows in uh, a big dung Yeah, he
1: does, but <laughs> it's just not as eloquent. He doesn't shit on himself and then wallow in it all night <laughs> like a sheep.
0: And roll around in his own <laughs> shit.
1: Yeah, he just, he sits just sits on, on, on it. it. Yeah, he doesn't wallow in it like, uh, like this guy does.
0: Excellent. Again, you have a little um, replicative fading there where... Uh, the remaining story, uh, the copied story, is not as interesting as the Yeah, yeah. well,
1: story, as we've right? discovered, that just is kind of about every story that the Bible has plagiarized from the Babylonians or whoever else. Right,
0: absolutely. Um, all right, that pretty much winds it up. Um, I have no idea what we're going to do next week.
1: Neither do I. Uh, Sooner or later it will hit us, but uh, I'm sure next week Charlie will be more prepared when he offers a a suggestion for our subject matter, but uh, I can't guarantee that. I wouldn't guarantee that either.
0: (laughs) All right, we'll see you next week.
1: Have a good one.